Yeah. Welcome to my new week's podcast. Guest Alan Z. This is our special guest, Chris Summer. Yeah. And okay, so we'll set it off because I know you have uh, a lot of things you got to do after this. I, I know that you know for a lot of different work on cartoons and different shows. A chance for both any show that you did voice acting on, never prize your role, which would have been. Oh, I would probably want to play Defox because everybody they yokefully. Then Fox is funny. I love Drawn Together. I loved its irreverence. I love that nobody was safe. In the very first episode, God was hoping to implore a whole world. So it, re it really took irreverence to a holy level. I love that. I'd love to play Elmira again in the reboot of Tiny Toons. They gave me one episode. And that hurt my feelings, I got to be honest, because I just love that character. But the new thing is that Elmira is harmful to animals. She's just a crazy little and I, I, I never thought she would fall. I don't think she's teaching kids to strangle cats. If that's your proclivity. You're born with that. We ain't gonna get it from Elmira. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. So I want to pivot to another passion you have, which I read was music. And I believe you said that your real passion is music. Yes. So uh, I know you released two albums and they were sparse in like the timeline of it. Yeah, it was a big space in the so I was wondering, like, one, would you consider releasing more music now? And two, do you think, I know because you had, you know, I'm getting issues with just different majors and stuff. Yeah. Like that, 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 yeah, I'm also an artist too. So I'm, you know how I And you don't but, get any money. Yeah. No, but, you work you're like, like a dog, you tour for years and you get nothing. Now that there's more freedom and independent distribution, uh, would you consider putting out more music for yourself? I would. I would. I, I lost a dear songwriting partner by the name of Greg Bell, who he died a couple of years ago. And he was really the man I created the majority of my stuff with. But one of my other favorite songwriting partners, Tori Ruffin, is actually coming back to L.A. And we're talking about maybe creating something again. I'd love to. I, it is still my first love. Yeah. It's just been the most arduous journey. Yeah. You know, just two record deals and... Street Fairy that I did with Lenny Kravitz, and when that was released, that was considered a bona fide flop. Okay. And so to have it now in 2023 become a cult classic is really lovely. But yeah, it's really hard. I guess if you're not doing something mainstream, something that's easy to define, especially being a black woman singing rock and roll, it's just such a fucking uphill battle. But yeah, I've been giving up completely. I mean, I feel like now is the right time. Because there's a resurgence of just like different creators, especially yes. from the art. And everybody can hear it. We're not dependent upon these old white dudes to who can't find middle C on the piano to decide who and where we get to be seen and heard. So what made you gravitate towards rock and roll? I think because my father was dead now. He took the train seven years ago. He loved rock and roll music. and But he was a, interesting because he's a generation. Mm -hmm. But he loved rock and roll music, and the very first artist that he introduced me to was Frank Zappa. And as a child, I think a child's mind, I just loved the swearing. I loved it. it felt like something I wasn't supposed to be listening to. And then the older I got, I started to feel like this man is like a musical Lenny Bruce. He's hitting you so hard with this information, but then it's silly and soft and it cushions the fall. And the artistry and musicianship blew me away. I remember at about 12 years old, I had commandeered my father's and I and he also I think the very first concert he took me to was a double bill. It was Leon Russell and Edgar Winter and White Trash. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think my love for rock and roll is just hereditary and what I grew up around. But it's not what I solely love. I love soul music. I love rhythm and blues. I I grew up on an Indian reservation. I love powwow music. I love kirtan. I love chanting. I love everything. I'll even give opera a shot every now. Not on purpose. But if I gotta stick it out, I'll give it my full attention. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's shaped me completely because growing up on a reservation, well, I grew up with no running water electricity. I lived in a house that my parents made together out of mud. I didn't go to school until I was eight years old. Wow. And then I dropped out of school. Start but to start the tenth grade, so I've got almost six years of formal education. It shaped me because I was a wild child. I mean, I grew up revering nature, and I grew up with a great connection to spirit and ceremony, ritual, which I think is something modern man is deeply lacking. Right. I don't think. Of, no offense to anybody, but I don't think a bar mitzvah is going to show you how to be a man. A new Mercedes ain't going to cut it. And also, it's important that the whole community knows you've changed, and that is something that ceremony gives, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're coming into womanhood or being married, for now you're a new person in the community, a married mm-hmm. person. Whether you're a mother, you're not the same woman, now you're yeah. a mother. And those ceremonies really give you that honor, and they make everyone else around you aware of you changed you've mm-hmm. gone through another mm-hmm. evolution and then everyone treats you accordingly and i, I that's what i love mm-hmm. about reservation life and how have you seen it in my career she's like like constantly just like yeah. Yeah. i've been so lucky when i auditioned for different world for example in the interview portion after i auditioned doing the scene I remember they did an interview, and then the next time I came back, the scene was Freddy, which was, <laughs> and I had seen that they fashioned the character around the conversation that we had. Yeah. They oh. decided to make her an activist, and that was that. Speaking of uh, activism, because I know you've always preached for representation. Um, what uh, would you like to see in terms of uh, what be put out in from a TV for? I just want to see, honestly, I'd like to see so much more behind the scene. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see more black creatives because that's what's going to see, get more representation mm-hmm. on screen. And I'd like us to write our own stories and tell our own stories. And I'd like to see more Asian characters. I really would really like to see more indigenous characters for right. the love of God. The First Nations are so invisible. And I'd like to see Aboriginal characters. And I, I just want to see... I want to see everybody. We've got 9,000 fucking streaming network. Yeah. Right. And I don't get to learn about the Aborigine. And I don't get to learn about the Eskimos and the Inuit. And I don't know about anybody. And it ain't my fault. Okay. They go into the fact that you said we're now writing our own stories. Yeah. If you had the chance to write, say, like a Netflix show or yeah. something, what would your story be? And what the characters be? I think I would probably tell my own story. I'm actually writing a book about my bringing. And I'd like to tell the story about a brown girl growing up on an Indian reservation. You can't be more one. My mother is black as night and my father's white. So it was just this white dude and these two black chicks on this Indian reservation. 
And it was a very unique experience. And I'd like to talk about it just to give some more diversity to how we see Black people represented. Because the problem with being underrepresented is we all become caricatured. The more diverse representation, the more honest depiction. Right. Because I think if it's one side, it becomes talking to... And every time. Yeah. Every fucking time. Have you heard of this term called a narrative split? So it's this idea that this Asian writer talked about it and basically it's where you have multiple different characters of the same race. Yeah. But they represent different characters, different narratives. So then when you see them, you know, oh, that's a black character. Oh, that's the... Yeah, I think you're right. You say, oh, that's a quirky one. That's the... Tell me that word again. Narrative plenitude. Narrative plenitude. I like, love I that. The different narrative. Even in that's the race. People don't see you as yes, because we have this thing about being the best friend. Yeah, there's an Asian character, there's a white character, and then you're the fucking best friend, and you spend the whole show asking the guy, "Are you okay?" And then he tells you all about how he's feeling, and, and that's all you're there for. You're you just no there to say, "I we're the white girls, but you just get yeah. to ask this chick, Mindy, are you okay?" And right. you just do that for the whole time. And also, one of my favorite jobs I ever worked on was Better Things. I became a staff writer on Better Things the last couple of years. And that was a great honor. Because I love writing. And I loved Better Things because Pam Adlon, who is a Jewish woman, would have her character, her main character, and she'd be surrounded by her best friends. And it would be like four black chicks. Right. Not one. But four, because let's say that we rerun in packs. <laughs> and you don't just get one. If you do, I don't know her. But it was just so nice. Yeah. And we all had a moment. I remember sitting with Rachel True because she was in the cast too. We were sitting there and we were also with, with Judy Reyes, who's Dominican. Right. And we were sitting there, we were going, hey, I, don't think I don't think I've ever been in a show yeah. where three chicks that begins with the white girl. This yeah. is like crazy. And we took her aside and we said, you may not know it, but you just did a really big thing. Yeah. That was really, it felt good. It felt, you know what? It felt real. Yeah. It just, just, just be honest. Just be honest. Do you, do you feel, or do you feel like there's still a lot of work to break in terms of? There's a lot of work. I give us credit, but we're just so fair behind. We just got to get with it. We are not reflecting what's really going on. Still. As much as we say we're woke and as much as we say we're moving forward, Reservation Dogs is just such an incredible show and it's getting canned. That's it. To see, call it a wrap, right? Right. And yeah, so let's go. I know you mentioned the book. Is there any other projects you would like to disclose? I'm not allowed to do it. I'm not allowed to talk about anything. I do have some exciting stuff coming. Cool. That's yeah, but so great stuff coming up. I not only become a writer, but I was also becoming a animation director. Oh, cool. And there's some great stuff coming up in animation that I've been directing to. I hate this Indies because I want to be braggadocious. I want to get braggadocious. I'm not allowed to. First, that's great. Yeah. Am I the Moon Girl? Thank you for telling me. Because then I've done over 500 boys. And I honestly, I forget what I'm until somebody tells me. That's, it's a slight flex, though. Oh, is that on that? So many. It is a flex. One of the asshole. I'm not that the polls were asshole at the day. Trying to act like I ain't flex it. The flex like a motherfucker.
Yeah. Now I gotta go bank some money. I gotta take everybody's money. <laughs> I just know. Shut the book. I'm gonna keep searching. Yes, we've done. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, thank yes. you so much for your time. What? Wait. That shit. Who is this? I don't know. He's glorious. He's just like you. But way better. Way better. Thank you. No, it's not a compliment. I wouldn't touch him if I were you, buddy. Yeah, I don't think I should touch him. You don't mind, do you? Because I'm your buddy. I think he's gonna... You. He punches so hard. But yeah, his hands are so soft. Be strong. Okay. Hey, my name is Alan Z. And my name is Jay. We have a special <laughs> guest. Adeto <laughs> Kumama Cormac. There you go. Do you want to start off or want me to start? I'm going to start. So we're at here at Moana Nui Podcast, since we are an outlet that focuses on inclusion and diversity amongst indigenous and bio people. We're excited to talk with you today and ask you a couple questions and pick your brain. So I know you've done a lot of like guest roles on TV. What would be like your top two, top three favorites that you've done? And did you have any like fun onset experiences you could share with us? Because I know you did 24 and CIS. Yes, that's such a tough question because each role has a special place in my heart, as cliche as that sounds. I'd probably say one of my first jobs is Lost. And for me, that was always like, I, it was such a great experience working with Adewa Aleakinoik Baje, who is one of the greatest actors of our generation. And what I loved about him, he was like, mediocrity is not, in, it's out of the question. We've got to be brilliant. He was like, we're representing Nigeria, we're representing Africa. So he really pushed me to be the best actor I could be in every single scene. In fact, sometimes the director would be like, cut. And he's no, we could go again. Let's go again. And so we just keep going and making sure this was like the best performance that we could give. So you mentioned your Nigerian heritage. Would you, have you done Nollywood before? Or have I've you? I've not done Nollywood before, but actually we're reaching, originally I'm from Sierra Leone. I have oh, a Nigerian, sorry, sorry. no, no, it's, it's a lot, it's a cognizant, but brief history lesson, Sierra Leoneans are, my tribe, my ethnic group, Creoles, we believe many of us were taken as slaves from Nigeria, specifically the Yoruba tribe. And when we went to the Americas, many of my ancestors actually fought in the Revolutionary War against the Americans on the side of the British when they lost, unfortunately. Or fortunately, it's actually a good thing because we got independence, right? Yeah. They were sent, they were banished to Nova Scotia and then from Nova Scotia went to Freetown and were like the founding fathers of the province of freedom, Freetown, Sierra Leone. But because we were like, let's, how do we connect ourselves to Africa? A lot of us gave ourselves, or our parents gave us African names, specifically Yoruba names. Hence, my name's Adeto Kumbo. My other name's Frederick. But I have this random Irish last name, McCormack. And everyone's like, oh. how did that happen? I'm like, blame slavery. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but my new TV series, The German King, you can find out more information about it by going to angel.com slash German King. It's a crowdfunded show. It's awesome. And it's about King Rudolf Duala Mangabel, who was a Cameroonian king who was raised in Germany who fights back against German imperialism during the First World War. A picture story, something I never learned about when I was in school. I went to private English school and they taught us about how great colonialism was. And, and now doing research, I'm like, wait a minute, you had concentration camps. You killed 17 million people in the Congo. You killed hundreds of thousands of people in the Naman head in what is now known as Namibia. So you started seeing all the horrors of imperialism. And so I learned all this over the last few years. And I said, it's important to tell the story of the people who rose up against imperialism, rose up against injustice 
and who really just are the reason why we have our freedoms in Africa today. I did the story, so we've actually been reaching out to a lot of to answer questions, a lot of Nollywood stars who've been like, we didn't know this history existed too, but let's all work together. My whole thing is about Pan-Africanism, yeah, yeah. Pan-Africanism on the continent, but also Pan-Africanism, including people in the diaspora, which includes African-American people, but just show that we have a shared history. And that, yeah, I mean, it's just, and so together we're stronger. I'd say one of your biggest movies was Blood Diamonds. Yes. And uh, could you tell us a little bit more about working with Leonardo DiCaprio? Absolutely incredible. In fact, the first time I saw Leo after a scene, he was like really emotional, crying. He can snap out of things like that. But he comes up to me, he's I'm Leo. I was like, <laughs> I almost fainted. I was like, oh my God, you're the great Leonardo DiCaprio. She's a phenomenal guy, phenomenal actor, so gracious. And yeah, so that was an incredible experience. It was also heartbreaking because it's a movie about my people and what happened in Sierra Leone. We had that 10-year civil war. And so doing the research about it, talking to family members who were deeply affected physically, who had physical and emotional wounds as a result of the war, talking to them, I was like, oh, it made it that much more personal. And it was really difficult to snap out of. I worked on the film for a few weeks, but it took several months, I would say, to get out of that mindset of being this person who was responsible for turning child children into child soldiers and committing all these atrocities, which are unspeakable. But it was a powerful movie. I'm glad the message was out there. People got to know that we had that unfortunate 10-year civil war. I got to know about Blood Diamonds and how to just not participate in the sale of Blood Diamonds, and it raised so much awareness, and it was an incredible experience. Oh, okay. And I know you moved on to doing voice acting as well. As I mentioned before, Blood, Blood of Zeus. Could you tell us a little bit more about that experience, and do you have any more voice acting work coming up? I can actually confirm Blood of Zeus season, season 2 is coming out pretty soon. So I can't tell exactly when, actually, because they didn't tell me when, probably because I talk too much. But <laughs> Blood of Zeus season two is going to come out and it's going to be incredible. And we had such a blast shooting it. Season one was great. Season two takes us to the next level. It's incredible. I'm a big fan of that show. So awesome. I'm really excited for season two. Thank you so much. Just tying in just your history, but different forms of media of education you're trying to get to peers. How do you relate it to like your experience with Blurred Con in this environment of different backgrounds meshing together and then the different types of media and expression from the diaspora. I love that you asked that question. Looking at the latest project I'm doing, The German King, Rudolf Duella Mangabel, who was raised in Germany, was all about building bridges, connecting people. He talked a lot about his metastage, his mixed cultural identity. And that's what I'm seeing in Blurred Card. You're seeing black people, you're seeing white people, you're seeing gay people, you're seeing straight who are historically marginalized, who have this common ground of just basically comics and, and telling art and, and expressing themselves in different way. And it's such a beautiful thing to see and see this as this melting pot that I hope society can learn from and end up emulating. So we got uh, one last question for you. I know you mentioned Pan-Africanism and uh, I wanted to reflect that onto your experiences in Hollywood. What are some things you would like to see in terms of African roles in Hollywood? I would love to see less stereotypical roles. And because too often, this is the reason why I became a writer and a director and producer. Bertolt Brecht actually says, art is not the mirror we hold up to society. It's a hammer we use to shape it. And so I want to use my artistry to shape society in different ways so that we can see Africans specifically as dignified, powerful people who are educated, people who are descended from kings and queens. And that's what I want to start seeing coming out of the continent. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. You can follow me at Adetokumbo, so at A-D-E-T-O-K-U-M-B-O-H, it's a mouthful, I know, at Adetokumbo, and on Instagram at German King Series. And go to thegermanking.com for more information about the German King. Thank you.
Thank <laughs> you.